So never say never, right? I didn't say never. I said there's absolutely no way. (laughs) (laughs) Never say there's absolutely no way. (laughs) Okay, that's really specific, I guess. We just would like to remind you that none of the things that we say should be taken as official recommendations. Yeah, we try to know what we're talking about, but this podcast ultimately represents the opinions of a couple yahoos with master's degrees. It's (laughs) mainly for entertainment. Right. So if you feel that you need help with your own mental health, we encourage you, please talk to your very own doctor or your very own counselor. Get real help. And remember, this podcast is not safe for work, so listen with headphones. Hello, and welcome to Freudian Sips. The podcast about brains, beverages, and other BS. I'm Bonnie. And I'm Anna. And it's so good to have you with us. Welcome back. Welcome back, listeners. <laughs> Sipsters. Sipsters. It's good to have you with us during this spooky, spooky it's set of episodes. Spooky spooktober season. <laughs> Welcome to our spook cast. <laughs> yes, we are recording. I'm just going to do that the rest of the episode. It's just going to put spook in everything. Spook. It is spooky. I'm your spook host. Ooh. This is your co-spook host. I'm not going to do that, so you're going to be on your own for that. I, uh, I'm I'm in a few, because I'm the Twitter person, I'm in a few podcast circles where there's like group messages for other podcasters, and I had to express my jealousy at people who do podcasts that are about spooky things oh, yeah. during October. Like, I listen to a lot of like supernatural podcasts and like true crime podcasts and and like movie podcasts and so i was like man you guys get the fun stuff this <laughs> but that's also a lot of pressure i feel like yeah they had to be doubly doubly yeah, spooky. spooky yeah we just only have to be singly spooky yeah just a hint of spookiness a hint of spookiness psychology is a little spooky just all by itself. Yeah, that was the excuse we used last week when we used our uh, experiment episode. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, there's a little bit of spookiness about it no matter what. But So if you're listening to this podcast like, I don't know, in December, and you're like, why are they talking about spooky, spooky? It's because we're recording it in October, which for Anna, Anna like spends all of October in spooky mode. Spooky mode, as soon as October 1st hits... The Halloween decorations are up. My Halloween earrings are on my ears. So I'm very curious, being your mom, where that where that came from? Because that did not come from your family of Repression, origin. Repression. Let me tell you, <laughs> this is. <laughs> Welcome repression. To, welcome to call out hour. It's call out hour. My birth oh. parents did not let me experience Halloween when I was a child. They said it was the Satan's holiday. And so now I have to be Satan's holiday when I'm a grown-up. I was taking off her headphones and leaving the table. I'm taking off my dangly earrings because we're going to go. Throw down. Hold my earrings. <laughs> I had to take off my earrings because I can tell this is going to be one <laughs> hell of a cast. <laughs> a podcast from hell. Now, in fairness. Yes, fairness. In fairness, at a certain point in your childhood when one of the parents were not there anymore, I will not name his name. <laughs> <laughs> he has many uh, names. <laughs> you did go trick-or-treating. Uh-huh. Dressed as. Three years in a row, I was an angel because you wouldn't let me be anything else. And my little I, brother had to go as the armor of Christ. three years in a row. That's bull. Gabe did get to be a mummy at some point. But by then, I was too old to trick or treat. I distinctly remember that when Gabe... Gabe was a scarecrow and he was a mummy. Was a scarecrow? Kindergarten, I think. He had that cute little hat with a straw. I stapled the straw up in the hat so it would like hang down on his face. What was I? I don't know. An angel. <laughs> I was fighting the evil inside of you by making you be You're an like, angel. Fine, Gabe can be a demonic scarecrow, but Anna still has to be an angel. <laughs> Anna, you had to protect him. You had to be an angel. I didn't realize the costumes were that important. I thought it was the candy. 
I thought the candy was what was important. Candy was pretty important. Candy's not spooky, though. <laughs> I did not realize that you embraced spooky. I, I didn't actually embrace spooky until I got to college, I think, because mm-hmm. I befriended one of my very best friends, Sean. Was a zombie. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, he's a vampire. And <laughs> Sean, dude. We're all, we're all vampires in college. <laughs> you, you become nocturnal. It's rough. But he is really into horror movies, so he introduced me to the kind of the world of horror movies that I had never really watched much of. Yeah, but not in my house you didn't. That is that is a great segue into what we're talking. Well, do we have any other pre-roll? Any further bashing you'd like to do for your parental no, unit? No, I think call-out hour is over. Okay. Welcome, welcome to actual podcast hour <sighs> now. Thank goodness. <laughs> no, tell us about what today is about. We're talking about horror movies. Horror movies, the psychology behind spooky, spooky films, and why we like to watch them. Mm -hmm. I personally do not like to watch them. (laughs) Well, this will make my next question very awkward then, because I need to ask, (laughs) what are some of your favorite horror movies? Do you have any that you enjoy? No. Really? No. I really don't like scary movies. Even like some of the classics? I mean, you know, like some of the Alfred Hitchcock stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But I can't say like, ooh, I enjoyed that. No. I've watched them. And really, Hitchcock is more suspense-y. Yeah, that's not really horror movies. But if I, yeah, no. I do not like any movies about like demons, which if you get right down to it, most of them are. And then the whole clown thing, I can't do that. (laughs) And slashing people's so their guts fly all over. Just not my thing. So I guess we should turn the question around and say, Anna, what are some of your favorites? I'm so glad you asked. I have so many that I had to subcategorize them. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> I will preface by saying I don't really enjoy, like, gory movies either. Okay. Like, slasher movies I'm mm-hmm. not super into. Let me think that's just, like, gore for the sake of gore or, like, shock for the sake of shock. I don't, I don't get it. That, mm-hmm. that does not appeal to me. I like when there's a good story. I like when there's like actual suspense being built. So some of that stuff. So some of the classics, Sixth Sense is probably one of, not only my favorite horror movie, but probably one of my favorite movies of all time. Okay. If that counts as a horror movie, I would say that was my favorite. There's then. scare chords. There's definitely like there's, oh, moments. Yeah. When those, yeah, sure. When yeah. he sees, and you're just like, oh God, he's going to see another one now. Yes. Yeah. And the suspense is being built. And, but that was such a, that was a really good movie. It was a very good movie. Yeah. Uh, if you like that movie, or if you've never seen it even, uh, Popcorn Psychology is a very good podcast that we kind of have talked to in the past and mm-hmm. talked about in the past. They are awesome. They talk about movies in terms of psychology, and they kind of dissect plots and characters and stuff and they have an amazing episode about Sixth Sense so go listen to Popcorn Psychology they're very good I like The Shining but that's kind of like as I was going through classics in my head I was like that's pretty much the only I'm not a big classics person Mm. I like the new stupid stuff (laughs) speaking of the new stupid stuff I like Pontypool which is kind of a unique one it's which is also one of my husband's favorite movies, and he is not a horror person. Mm-hmm. But it's just got a really interesting premise. As Above, So Below, Hush, It Follows is a good one. That's a new, more popular one. The Babadook. It. Oh. Have you seen The Babadook? No, I have not seen it. I've just seen, like, trailers for or something. It I is, watched them online once. It is interesting. It is... Scary as crap. It's, I mean, if you watch it as an allegory for depression or grief... It's very interesting. Yeah, not going to watch not, it. Not going to do it. Uh, I'm really into horror comedies. So like Zombieland, Cabin in the Woods, Shaun of the Dead, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Love those. And I also like dumb movies that are just stupid, that are dumb. <laughs> these you know, the way you categorize you know, these? Yeah. Okay. I Literally dumb ones dumb, is in my notes. Okay. Like there's <laughs> there's this movie on, on Netflix called Deadly Detention. And it's just, it's... It's exactly what it sounds like. It's a bunch of it's a bunch of teens running from a ghost. It's very good. It's very dumb, and I love it. I wouldn't call it one of my favorites, but I needed something for that category. But while I'm here, I want to plug other movie podcasts because there's a lot that are really good. So if you're listening to this, like, yes, I would like to talk about horror movies. I would like to listen to other people talk about horror movies, just like <laughs> Anna's doing. And so listen to every horror movie on Netflix. That's exactly what it sounds like. That's the name of the podcast? Every horror every... movie on Netflix. Okay. 
Watch If You Dare is a good one. Cinemondo podcast is a good one. There's a ton. There's mm-hmm. a ton of really good movie People podcasts. talking about scary movies. Specifically scary movies, mm. yeah. Okay. Who so, knew? Mom, what are, what are, what are, why, why, why do I like horror movies? <laughs> why do I do the things I do? Uh, that's a really good question. <laughs> Besides your parents making you repress those things. <laughs> You asked. There's actually been quite a bit of study done on why people like horror movies because a lot of times people look at this in a way like, well, if you like the slasher movies and you like the horror movies, there's either you have something dark in you. that Right. But actually a lot of the research kind of focuses in a different direction. It focuses on that horror movies do a lot for us mentally in good ways, believe it or not. I know that's kind of hard for me to believe, but yeah, that's (laughs) what they say. Let me just quote one um, from a 2004 paper that's a little bit older, but uh, several of the research items that I found were older, like more than 10 years. Yeah, yeah. According to a 2004 paper in the Journal of Media Psychology, uh, this article, this research was done by Glenn Walters. Dr. Glenn Walters says there are three primary factors that make horror films alluring. That sounds pretty simple. The first one is tension, that just that feeling of, you know, you want Dread. that feeling of su- suspense and mystery yeah. and terror and <gasps> what's going to happen and all right. that. The second one kind of seems weird, but it's relevance, which is like, it's that cultural meaningfulness like that, that we all have the fear of death. We all have yeah. the fear that something horrible is going to happen. It's yeah. real for yeah. us. It's cultural, but I, I saw this paper too, but it can mm-hmm. also be personal. Yes. Like if you're watching a horror movie and you're like, I identify with this story or identify with this character, that's relevance. Right. That counts. Exactly. And so then the third factor actually sounds like it's kind of the opposite of what the second one is, and <laughs> right. that is unrealism. Mm-hmm. Because even though you relate to that and you say, yeah, I can deal, you know, I can understand that whole fear of death or that fear of the unknown and all that, at the same time you realize, you say to yourself, it's a movie. This is a movie. Right. So you can get all that adrenaline going and you can get all those endorphins going, which is a whole nother section of mm-hmm. talk in this conversation about horror movies. But at the same time, you can say to yourself, it's okay. It's just right. Fake. So it has to be applicable to our lives somehow with the relevance, right. but it has to be unrealistic enough that we're able to psychologically distance ourselves from it. Exactly. So like a slasher movie, like I talked about, like at its most basic, this is relevant to us because of a fear of the unknown or a fear of strangers or a fear of death. Mm-hmm. But then the typical slasher tropes of like there's a dumb jock and an airheaded bimbo and like <laughs> they run around doing really stupid things. And they always like, fall down when somebody's chasing yeah, them. Yeah, and we just like are yelling at the screen like, why would you go there? Yeah. Why would you do that? Like we're able to know it's unrealistic enough because people aren't that 2D. People wouldn't be that dumb in real life. Mm. Like there's several things that we can point to and not suspend our disbelief entirely. Right, exactly. There was a study done kind of along that line of the realism. There was a study done where they they took a bunch of college kids who liked to watch scary slasher movies and they made them, they made them, that sounds weird. The part of the <laughs> whoa, experiment, this, hey, whoa, they sit hey, down and talk. Does this need to be in our wacky experiments? Because w- just with that premise, I'm picturing them taking like, oh, you like horror movies and making them participate in one. Please tell me that's what this is. No, it's not that scary. Oh. It's not that scary. But they had them watch videos, documentary videos that were real. And I'm not going to actually say what they were because they are so gross. That I read I don't, this. It's horrible. It's it's horrible stuff. And so the kids, and I call them kids, but they were college students. So mm-hmm. the young adults, the young adults <laughs> realized that this was real, what was happening in these videos. And it is gross stuff that was happening. And 90% of those students had to turn the video off before it reached the end. And yet these were the same students who enjoyed the blood and the gore of the slasher movies. But when they realized this was a real documentary about, and it wasn't like they were torturing anybody, but it was like surgery on a child's face and and all kinds of. Yeah, I thought you weren't going to say them. That's fine. Well, (laughs) I didn't say specifically how it was. Yeah, no, they, I, because I read the same write-up of the same study and it was was super graphic. It's like, whoa. They described what parts of the face, okay? Yes, yes, it was, it was, I can't imagine watching it just and reading it maybe kind of go like oh. i know i kind of skimmed through went okay i'm not gonna do that 
But I mean, I think that's significant. Ninety percent of them said, right. "I'm not going to watch it. It's, right. too, it's too real." And it's because it was real. It was exactly that's the that's the difference mm-hmm. is that like we can watch a documentary and say, "Oh God, this actually happened to someone." Right. But we can watch even. Okay, so here's an interesting question. Do you think that's why they're? I don't think it's as popular anymore, but for a while there was that huge influx of horror movies claiming to be like actual found footage. Mm-hmm. Like you the think witch thing. The Blair Witch was yeah. the kind of codifier of mm-hmm. that that genre, the found film genre. But even in obviously fictionalized movies, they have these things that are like, this based is on, all based on a true yeah. story. This yeah. actually happened. Well, Exorcist. Which to me Amity is Bill Horror. the scare. Yeah, the, some of the scariest were supposedly based on true stories. Yeah, right. And those, I don't know where you were going with that question, except that well, if, I do think it if, adds an element of even more. That's fear. why, like, if the yeah. filmmakers are saying, like, okay, it's going to be scarier to them if it's mm-hmm. if it's something that actually happened. Mm-hmm. Now, I think many of those claims are bogus that these things didn't actually happen or that they happened in such a different way that it's not even close to what it's being portrayed in the film but it's still like this hey hey there there could be there could be a guy vomiting pea soup on you Uh it could be Uh you don't know scary stuff is it i was a (laughs) (laughs) when when exorcist first kind of was in the theaters and stuff i was a a kid yeah and we had gone to the drive-in theater my parents used to take us to I the drive-in. I feel like a horror movie at a drive-in theater would be super oh bad. Oh, my gosh. We weren't actually there to see, of course, because oh, no. we were kids. Yeah. So we were watching, I don't know, like Herbie the Love Bug or something <laughs> in the other theater while they're playing The Exorcist. They had like two screens, you yeah. know. But, and at a drive-in, you could just rubberneck you all just you want, look baby. back. And mom and dad didn't even know I was doing it. And boy... <laughs> It was the biggest mistake of my you life. You didn't even get audio, and you were like, I'm oh scarred. I'm scarred Talk for life. Talk about the pea soup thing. That's the one I remember the most, was when she threw up. See, and, I didn't, you know, like, I didn't oh. see The Exorcist until later. Mm-hmm. I want to say I was in college when I first saw it, and it just didn't do anything for me. Well, and the cinematography, or what would that be, the technical, yeah. w- was so far. I mean, that was a long time yes. ago. Yeah. And so yeah. the effects were pretty probably, right. if your generation would look at it now, you'd probably be like, oh my God, this is so corny or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, it's, not even, it's not even that. Like the, the effects itself, because I can watch a movie and be like, this was, that was a while ago. Mm-hmm. I understand. It just seems so over the top. I mean, even if there hadn't been practical effects, just like mm-hmm. the things that were being said, I was like, come on. Have some subtlety, demon, Beelzebub, whoever you are. He didn't have to. He was were. the devil. He could say whatever he, he the wanted. the actual devil. Would the actual devil target a 12-year-old? I want to say. No, and you know the original, I mean, it was based on the actual victim was a boy, not a girl. Really? Mm-hmm. Didn't make as good a story, I guess. Mm. <laughs> Girls are more, yeah. more drama. Well, I, I would say they're vulnerable more. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. That's why there's the, the final girl in horror movies and the... So... You want me to keep going or you want to jump in? I can jump in a little bit. Okay. Our boy Carl Young had something to say about horror movies. Yay. I got him somewhere down here yeah. too. Go girl. That he he said horror movies tap into our primordial archetypes. We're not going to go into this too much. Listen to episode four if you would like to hear more about archetypes. But archetypes are basically things that Carl Young says are built into us that are like ideas or types of characters or any of that and he said that horror movies play on those so much that it taps into those archetypes really primally for us Mm -hmm. like there's the shadow archetype of the opposite our opposite the opposite of good basically and the mother archetype are really important roles in a lot of horror films so he said that horror movies tap into that there's also the catharsis theory mm-hmm. and that dates back to aristotle now back I don't, in the day i don't know when it, what horror movies aristotle was watching. i was gonna say <laughs> was it like a puppet show <laughs> a or horror like- puppet show yeah Psych- psycho was based on a puppet show <laughs> uh i think he was talking about like drama dramatic plays sure and like i mean there's it's not like horror, like movies are the first type of type of no. fictional. Uh, no, so there was like dramatic plays and sure. works of fiction, Macbeth or whatever. I don't know when that came. <laughs> Probably after 
Harry was Hamlet, stuttle? I don't after, know. That was after? Had, yeah, a I little bit. So, yeah. So you said that when we watch scarier negative things, we use that as a way to purge negative emotions or to relieve pent-up aggression. Mm. And this goes along with something called the excitation transfer theory, which I'm going to put a pin in, unless you want to talk about it now. No. I just wanted to say ETT. ETT is what is called in the in in the biz et i've never heard of this before in Me my neither. biz it's none of my biz you want to put a pin in it or you want yeah, to do let's it put now a pin in it. i don't want to talk about it now don't forget to come back to it what else did you want to, okay what else did you want to talk about um i wanted to just throw something in there about the catharsis thing because i was thinking when i was um, doing some of this reading you know, we sometimes refer to our clients, and I, I thought this the other day for our sipsters who are listening. We do keep our confidentiality of clients, mm-hmm. absolutely. But sometimes we refer to a client without using any kind of... Any identifiers. Right, right. But I do have one client who often talks about how she really likes horror movies. Sure. And when I first met her and she told me it, it was almost like she was telling me so that I would be like, oh, that's bad. You know, because the way she was telling me was... Kind of, Hey, I have a thing I want you to scold me for. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Let me tell you what's really bad about me. And the way that I was raised, actually, you know, we, because we didn't watch scary movies when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really let you guys watch scary movies. So it's not like I would scold you and say it's bad. But we were taught, you know, if you put that stuff in your brain, it's going to kick back on you somehow. And I still do live by that because I do dream about, if I have those kind of, watch those movies, I dream bad, bad dreams. But for this particular client and for other clients as well, what I see in this client, she has a lot of drama in her life. There's a lot of trauma Mm -hmm. but also ongoing drama with situations and I think that for her watching that horror movie is a way of letting go of some of that tension and anxiety and that's a way that she does let go a little bit yes and and part of that has to do with the hormones that are released while you're watching a horror movie and I hope you are you going to talk about hormones a little because that no I think that's significant I thought you had some I'll go back to it okay I'll go back to it in a minute but I just wanted to say if you do watch horror movies and you think oh there must be something bad or evil in me that I like to watch real scary stuff it might actually be very good for your mental health because of that catharsis thing and I want to throw in here we're just throwing things at each other. That's what we're doing. Sipsters, whenever we say that, we actually pick something up from the table and hurl <laughs> it across the room. I cut out the crashes later. <laughs> Good editing. <laughs> Good editing. Yeah. I want to throw in something about narrative therapy. Okay. Because, and we will have a deep dive on narrative therapy at some point, I'm sure. But the basic of narrative therapy is using fiction as a way to do what you just said, to safely explore our own issues. So it's like writing a story about a character who is very similar to us and letting the story be kind of the stage where we play that stuff out. And I think the catharsis theory goes along really well with that because we're using a whole, like, I think that's where that relevance thing comes in, Mm -hmm. that we attach ourselves to certain characters and we kind of find a catharsis through their struggle but it's enough removed from us that unrealism is it's enough psychologically distanced from us that it's a safe space to explore those issues that we have and it's a safe space to like work through that stuff Mm -hmm. that trauma and that like fear like that overcoming of fear right and kind of along that same line then the idea that we train. I have to make one of my noises because I'm never sure how to put this in words. Um, we train. <laughs> Welcome to Body Nana Sound Hour. <laughs> While we're watching a scary movie and we live through that, like you just said, kind of through the characters, it's like we're exercising our brain to know how to handle our own trauma or yeah. our own stress. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really cool. It's kind of desensitizing, like, which I think desensitization gets used in a negative context a lot. Mm -hmm. But that is something that we do often in therapy, kind of this systematic desensitization of, especially when we deal with trauma, we just kind of have to mention the trauma a lot before we actually dive into it Mm -hmm. to kind of get them primed to have it come up basically Mm -hmm. and then once they're comfortable and they're kind of used to like oh this is the place where we talk about trauma then we can really dive into it Mm -hmm. and i think that horror movies give us 
some of that too, where we like get a little desensitized to that kind of fear. And that, I mean, obviously it doesn't like make us better at dealing with if something like that would happen to us, but it kind of like primes our brains for handling it. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. Thanks. I like when you You say I'm exactly right. I say that a lot, don't I? (laughs) So I'm just going to throw out those hormones that kick in when when your body senses danger. Can can you like tell a joke or something? I feel like we're not making many jokes. (laughs) (laughs) I can't like tell a joke on command. All right. Like a knock-knock joke or something you mean? I don't know. know. You got a joke? Uh, I've been sick, so this one's topical. Uh, How do you make a tissue dance? You put a little boogie in it. <laughs> Did one of your kids at school tell you that? No. Because I've been a teacher for a lot of years, and I've heard that joke several no, times. No, that's just my regular caliber of jokes. <laughs> this is why I made you be an angel. I, I, we did, we should probably Halloween. mention what I'm drinking. I'm drinking tea today, and Mom's drinking water because it's been a long week. That's why, there, that's, why, that's why there's no that's why jokes. There's no jokes. <laughs> We're boring when we're sober. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm saying we're more informational when we're sober. Oh. So I guess more boring, yeah. <laughs> Stupid. Oh, man. No one wants to learn. <laughs> Actually, we get a lot of positive comments I that was we like. say, most we, of the like comments that we, we get that we learn. teach something. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's teach more. Tell Teach us about, about hormones. Hormones. Well, this is just an easy little drop in here that... Okay. When your body senses that it's in danger, even if it's because you're watching a movie, you still have that sense of danger. It's, I'm going to come back to this in a minute, but it's like when you go on a roller coaster too. Yeah. You know, okay, I'm safe. Chances are pretty good. I'm not going to die on this. But yet you get very scared. I mean, Mm -hmm. your body feels afraid. And when that happens, your body enters that fight or flight mode um, that we have in us. And that makes uh, special chemicals and hormones be released like adrenaline, obviously. Right. Also serotonin and dopamine and oxytocin. We've talked about oxytocin several times before on our podcast. And these all put you in an elevated state. Like you're just like... (laughs) <laughs> that's what you sound like <laughs> like that <laughs> one of the researchers referred to this as beast mode beast mode. you are in beast mode <laughs> when you watch a scary no. movie you turn into a werewolf <laughs> and so if you think about going back to that if you are a person you know you've had a really stressful day at work or all week or however that is and you enjoy watching horror movies so you sit down and you get into this and all those hormones start kicking and you release all that tension in this way without actually having to think about your own stress. But right. you're you're physically releasing the tension because we all know that that stress is not just mental, psychological, no. that it, it sits in our body. It sits in us physically. And so when we release that physically, mm-hmm. it allows us to relax a little bit. Which is, I mean, I would say that's a form of self-care if we're putting it that way because mm-hmm. we tell people to like go for a run when they're having very strong emotions so it can release some of those good chemicals. This could be the same thing. Like if you just need a catharsis, if you don't want to confront the issue head on when your emotions are so high, mm-hmm. you watch a movie, have an emotional catharsis because someone didn't die from the killer. Good job, person who didn't <laughs> die. Good job. But Chances then, are pretty good you're going to die in the next scene, but it's okay. Yeah, I don't know. Like horror often has a final girl trope. Are you a aware what? of a final girl? The one that gets left over in mm-hmm. the end. Yeah, like Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween. Exactly. She was uh-huh. the good final girl. That was the first really, really, really scary movie that I ever saw in a theater. In theater? That shows how old I am because it was like released... Yeah. When I was like a junior in high school. Mm-hmm. And I remember just thinking, why in the hell am I here? <laughs> God, it was horrible. I'm trying to think. I usually don't see horror movies. I don't watch many movies in theaters. It's, I just don't in my, prefer it. In my opinion, it's a whole different experience yeah. watching a movie with a whole bunch of people. Because I remember that very clearly. And it was my first experience watching a but horror movie. But you like movie. feed off each other. We, yeah. And it's just like the whole movie theater would like gasp at the same time or right. scream or lean forward right. or lean back. I was covering my eyes. <laughs> You're just sinking into your chair. <laughs> I saw The Strangers in a movie oh. theater though which really gets me like the kind of horror movies that really get me that I'm not able to like 
distance myself from enough are like home invasion movies. Mm. But Hush, one of the ones that I mentioned as one of my favorite ones is a home invasion movie. But the main character like lives in a super secluded place and she's deaf, which is a, it's a cool premise for a movie. But it's it's still like, huh, huh. There's mm. enough in it that I was like enough unrealism that I was able to distance it. But home mm. invasion really gets me. It gets me more than like demon and ghost movies. Because in your mind, that's more real. Yeah. I that mean, would... I believe in demons and ghosts and stuff to mm. an extent. I don't think I don't think I believe in them in the way that like horror movies show them. I think that's the difference. I think I'm able to be like, okay, this has a concept I can see being true, but I I don't think I can see like a ghost like manifesting in front of you and shoving you down the stairs or whatever they do. Right. Like in, or dragging you backwards dra- like they right. always do in those dumb movies. Right. Dragging you through a doorway. And <laughs> I'll kick a ghost in the face. I don't care. <laughs> I don't know if that works. If the ghost can grab me, I then can kick it in the face. Yeah. I think that's how it works. Well, that seems fair. So for for those of us who don't enjoy watching horror movies and we say, well, I want some of that feel-good stuff, there are ways that we can get that too, that same adrenaline rush. I would that say same, like action movies right, probably give that to you. Or even just or doing something. That, oh, sure. I like guess if you don't right, want to watch movies. Right. If, you, if you're not a movie person. <laughs> oh, sure. There's other things in the world besides <laughs> movies. Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> So the, there's TV shows that are action-oriented <laughs> as well. There are podcasts that will just scare the crap out of you. This one. <laughs> this one this is out wide. Today us. is scaring the crap out of us. Back to the roller coaster thing, though. Or, oh, or, sure. Or go and, you know, just try something you've never tried that might be frightening. But you won't get hurt. I don't know. What came into my head was go-karts. And I don't think that's going to do it. I think you might need... <laughs> just go really fast in the go-karts. Uh, this goes, uh, so I want to talk about something called sensation seeking. Okay. Which goes along with this. Mm-hmm. Mom made a very, very shocked face. I know it's in my notes somewhere, oh, okay, so I'm okay. looking. I can't remember who did it, so you might need to find it? that. Okay. Who created this theory. But it's basically when people look for varied, intense experiences that are new to them. Like they don't want the same thing all the time. They want novel experiences. Um, I don't know about you, but I actually have had several clients who I feel like they're like this in their careers. Yeah. That they're like, I, I just, I, I get bored. And it's like, find something else. Like, like a lot of people change their careers throughout their life. Just maybe you're a temp kind of person. I, like maybe you just need something new every once in a while or find a job that like gives you new experiences a lot. That's one of the reasons I like being a counselor. If is, you have adult ADD, that might be part of your issue. <laughs> could be. That is, you know, I wasn't even going to go there. But sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that, like I like being a counselor because it just gives me every person who comes in the door is a different story. And That's it's true. really interesting. But there is, is something called a sensation-seeking scale. I actually took this because it, it talked a lot. I, I found several like articles that talked about what. I'll, I, I'm smiling and she doesn't know what I'm smiling about. Okay. But I'll tell you. I hate you it when she does story. that. Okay. She gets nervous when I <laughs> Very smile. Nervous when what does that smiles? say about our relationship? Anna? I get nervous when you smile and I haven't said something that I think that is you- funny. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I just crack myself up. <laughs> See, she's in her little head thinking about other things. I was just thinking of something happy. <laughs> While you're talking about I'm horror just, movies. I'm just happy to be I'm here. i about happy I'm stuff. I'm just happy to be here. I uh, love podcasting so much. But, but this is so much fun. <laughs> but they said that people who scored higher on this sensation-seeking scale, I knew I was going to mess that say. up at some point, tended to like horror movies better. So I'm like... That doesn't sound like me. I wonder. So I took the scale and I I got like 50-50. Huh. Like I did not score high on this scale. But I think for you, you might disagree with me. I don't think that you enjoy the horror movies as much for this for the, the thrill. thrill of it? No. I think it's more for you like the story and the yeah. and the intrigue and the I mean, I like like I said I like you're a narrative person. I like the suspense and the dread. I don't like like <laughs> mm, I love that dread. I love me some dread. <laughs> you know, I have to deal with dread every day because I have anxiety, so I might as well like choose when I get to experience it. 
and know that it will end if I press pause. But I I don't like the jump scares. Mm. Like, and that to me, if you're looking for adrenaline in horror movies, find a real jump scary right, one because right. that's going to get your heart beaten. But I always feel like I've been pranked if I watch a movie that has a lot of jump scares <laughs> because that's not fear. That's the startle reflex. That's true. It's a different thing. Yeah. So I don't really, I mean, that's not really why I watch horror movies, but, but so, but I, I scored about 50, 50, but if you want to take this scale yourself, just search sensation seeking scale test. I, I added test to the end, but don't, there's one of them that I took and I took the whole entire test and then it said, thanks. We're just gathering data. Oh, they didn't give you any kind of... They're like, you don't get results. We're just gathering data. Cool. Hmm. Find one that's not going to do that for you. But it's like it's like a forced choice test. Like it just gives you two very opposite things that are kind of hard to choose from sometimes. Like one of them is, uh, I like wild uninhibited parties. And one is, I prefer quiet parties with good conversation. So like, okay, that's that's pretty easy. I like no parties and watching Netflix by myself. <laughs> I like honest? Netflix with my cats. <laughs> but there, there's what this is my favorite question. I dislike swingers, people who are uninhibited and free about sex, or I enjoy the company of real swingers. So you either dislike them totally or you want to be around them. <laughs> <laughs> There's no in between, baby. As everyone with, knows, that's swingers. It's one way or the other. Attitudes you can have about people. <laughs> you either dislike them or you want to be around them. You can't just be like totally ambivalent, like whatever, swingers. do whatever you want. I, do they still use that word, swingers? So. <laughs> what is? <laughs> I use it because I'm old and I think it's antiquated. funny. But yeah, what else do you? What else Swing- do you call it? Swingers. I mean, maybe that's like the technical swingers. term for is it people. T- who it's are- in. It's in big old scare quotes in the. <laughs> In the test. So I don't know. Oh, this is not, they have a lot of good scare quotes in this. A, I prefer the quote unquote down to earth kinds of people as friends. Or B, I would like to make friends in some of the quote far out unquote groups like artists or quote punks unquote. <laughs> I want to know who made this test. Someone who doesn't like swingers or punks. I think it's... Or down-to-earth people. No offense, but I think it might be a nun. <laughs> There's also that I scare, had in the fifth scare grade. quotes around <laughs> gay or lesbian. Oh. Um, they put the quotes around everything. I'm trying to find... Oh, jet set is in scare quotes. Oh, sexy is in scare quotes. <laughs> does Lots this, of good scare does quotes. Does it have a date on it? Like a no. created date or a uh, copyright or something? Probably not. Just says, Is it in quotes? Nineteen ninety three. Oh, nineteen ninety four. Huh? It says two thousand seven is the most updated one. Huh? You still using scare quotes around sexy in two thousand seven? <laughs> and gay and, and gay lesbian? and lesbian. Yeah. Okay. The essence of good art is in its clarity, symmetry of form, and harmony of colors. Or I often find beauty in the quote clashing unquote colors and irregular forms of modern paintings you can't like both this is the same this is the same problem i have with the mbti uh-huh just like you have to choose two you have to pick totally yeah. opposite ones right so anyway that was a diversion because because <laughs> tests are dumb um <laughs> But yeah, anyway, there are a lot of articles that said like if you scored higher on this sensation-seeking scale, then you tend to like horror movies better, Mm -hmm. I guess because it's safer than bungee jumping. So the reason I was smiling before... Oh, yes. Please tell me. ...was because... So you you read about the seeking... What what's the word I'm looking for? Seeking. Sensation seeking, and you took a little test about it because you you know you, you love to watch. Did you take a test about something? Uh, mine's the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> I took. I was reading about, and I'll put this in my own quotes: highly sensitive people, and oh, they sure. are known as HSPs in the biz. At HSPs. I, Anytime you read a research study and they like put like an acronym, you know, <laughs> you know that it's, it's serious. serious Serious research. It sounds like INFP or ENFJ or whatever you are. So highly sensitive people often do not... Is that what you are? ESFJ? Because you're extra special fruit juice, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, that's me. This all doesn't make sense to anyone who hasn't listened to our MBTI episode. Which episode was that? I want to say 10, but I'm mm, not super That's sure. a good one. Back then, we used to drink and, and be more intelligent. So. <laughs> At the same time, believe it or not, it is 10 because 10. That, that was when I could say the F word. Oh, that's right. Okay. And you didn't. Because <laughs> mom would give you a dirty look. So, so when Anna was taking um, her own test to find out if she was seeking all kinds of sensation, I was taking a test to see if I was a highly sensitive person. Like you needed to take a freaking test for it? Well, because I wanted to know why I don't like I wanna, scary I movies. But you said you were 50. I was I was just like 60%. So it's not like I was like highly, really? highly sensitive. Well, I mean, what it, do they define as highly sensitive? Well, it would be like even a person who had issues was, with loud noises. I was like, going to um, say, because I read something about stimulus. like screening out unwanted stimuli mm-hmm. is something that makes people not like horror movies. So even like they mentioned like if you have a tag in your shirt that's bothering you, that's not being able to screen out unwanted stimuli. And people on the autism spectrum have a really hard time with that. Right, so right. That so, makes sense. Yeah. So I guess I'm an HSP. Just barely, but I am. Yeah. Yeah. But honestly, that is one of the reasons that some of us don't like scary movies because we don't like all that. Right. It's too chaotic. It's too um, visceral. To yeah. see all of that, and to and and a big part of that is the empathy thing, which yeah. I thought about uh, for you is kind of goes against because I know you have great empathy. When I watch a scary show, or even not not necessarily a scary show, but like a slasher, mm-hmm. and even like a manly man. Sorry, that sounds sexist, but <laughs> like we're you know shoot 'em up kind of shows. Um, or action blow them up. That action women movies aren't yeah. allowed to like. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I know a lot of women really do, but I don't. Anything where people are getting hurt, yeah. it's hard for me to watch. Even though I can separate myself and say this is just a movie, right. there's this part of my brain that always goes back to sometimes this really does happen. People mm-hmm. do get blown up. People really do get shot. That's why I don't like the like home invasion movies mm-hmm. as much because that stuff is more real. Right. It's more... And like that, you said, visceral. That grabs your empathy. Right. That, and we have that thing about empathy, yeah. you and I. Yeah. yeah. And hopefully all good counselors have an empathy thing. There was one other footnote in that same section about that maybe the reason you don't like horror movies or you do like horror movies is just basically the way you were raised. And so like if your parents made that a a positive thing to sit down and watch a scary movie together with popcorn, you know, and you Mm -hmm. watched whatever scary movie was appropriate for little kids to watch. I mean, there's like Coraline and Nightmare Before Christmas and Paranorman. There's a lot of really good ones. When I was a kid, Night Gallery was on TV. What's that? You ever heard of Night Gallery? Oh my gosh, you got to look that up somewhere. Night Gallery was a lot like Twilight Zone, except it was scarier. Twilight Zone was more like bizarre things and Night Gallery was more scary. I have very positive memories of watching Are You Afraid of the Dark on Nickelodeon. Yeah. Like it was like baby's first scary stories and then not not along the lines of horror movies but your brother the three of us Mm -hmm. used to watch was it ghost hunters which which, yeah it was ghost hunters that was our wednesday night way back when yeah when ghost hunters was first on and we would cuddle on the couch and watch it yeah and it was really fun was and so um and they never found shit But they were cute. It was just fun watching a bunch of dorky guys running around going, is that ghost? Is there a ghost in here? Is there a ghost in here? (laughs) Did you hear that? I heard a ghost. I heard that. I heard a ghost. Did you hear that? Hey, play it back. I heard a ghost. (laughs) I don't know why they're all from the upper Midwest when I do them. (laughs) Is there a ghost in here? (laughs) Oh, no. A ghost. So even, even, you know, however you experienced horror movies as a child could right as you said in the beginning of this podcast perhaps you're drawn to it because your parents didn't let you watch i mean the real didn't let stuff. me but even then like like i said i watched i at some point you did let me watch are you afraid of the dark and i really really liked it because right. and, and i used to read those uh scary stories to tell in the dark books yeah, yeah. and i used to read a lot of horror so but that was age appropriate yeah, yeah. Because I have but to But even when I was, like, I wouldn't say, like, just in high school, I read a lot of Stephen King. Stephen King's still one of my favorite horror yeah, authors. I, believe it or not, I read Stephen King in high Stephen school. Stephen King's just a good writer. He is really good. Well, what's your favorite Stephen King book? It was horrible, but Salem's Lot. <gasps> That's one of my favorites, too! Oh, but God, I just, 
I slept with the lights creepy. on yeah. for weeks after creepy. reading that book. Yeah. I read that The Green a- Mile. I really enjoyed The Green Mile. That's not a horror movie, mm. though. No, but it's... It's creepy. Intense. It's creepy. It's very intense. It's intense. So when you were talking about empathy and kind of having a negative reaction to things that are happening in the horror movie, I want to take the pin out of the excitation transfer theory. Okay. Let's talk about that. So this is sort of goes along with the catharsis theory. Uh, It was created by Dr. Dolph Zillman, who is the best named person in the entire world. (laughs) Dolph Zillman. (laughs) D-O-L-F. Z-I-L-L-M-A-N-N. Uh-huh. That's a great name. He basically says that when we have a strong response to one stimulus, the residual effects from this stimulus transfer over and make our response to an, the next stimulus stronger or or an adjoining stimulus, kind of. Okay. Specifically for horror movies. I know those were a lot of big words. Specifically for horror movies, the negative feelings that we get by like from horror movies by watching horror movies intensify the positive feelings like when the hero triumphs at the end Mm. or intensify the positive feelings if we're watching it with a group of people we really like so the negative feelings that we get intensify the positive feelings later on Mm -hmm. so like when you were like well you know you have empathy for the people on screen Often when a character is wronged, like a character gets victimized by the killer or something, that's a very negative experience for us because we do empathize with that, the the victim, the, the hero or the heroine. Mm-hmm. But then later, most horror movies, I think this is kind of becoming less of a trend, but especially like in classic movies and stuff, the, the heroine, that's where the last, the final girl trope comes from. The heroine overcomes and she kills the person and she mm-hmm. escapes the camp or whatever it mm-hmm. is. And we can root for that person. And we can say, oh, oh my gosh, I'm so happy that they escaped because I was rooting for them. And then that positive feeling is made even stronger by the negative feelings that we had about them being victimized. I do think that's changed, though. I mean, it's changing. Yeah. That there's more movies now where, where the like, bad guy wins. everybody's dead. And there's, yeah. you know, it's like, that's kind of a generational I don't like thing. Those. No, I don't either. <laughs> I don't, I don't. Because I want to root me for someone. makes me sad. Someone. I know. It's that like, there's no winner. why did we spend all this time when yeah. there's not a good ending? Yeah, I hate that. And I, I know I, a lot of people are like, well, I don't watch horror movies for happy endings. But I watch movies, period, for happy endings. <laughs> Exactly. Life has enough bad endings. I want to watch Give movies that have good endings. Ending. I had another note about Dolph. <laughs> Dolph? Dolph Zillman. What about Dolph? He worked alongside um, James Weaver and Norbert Mundorf and Charles Aust. A lot of good names there. Um, and they put forward what they called the gender socialization theory in oh, 1996. Yes. The alternate name for this being the snuggle theory. Did yeah, you see that? Yeah. <laughs> Did Tell you? us about the snuggle so theory. So Zillman and his buds, they exposed 36 males and 36 female undergraduates to horror movies in the presence of like a, a same age, opposite gender companion. Who was a plant. Right. A research plant. Right. Not a, like a fern. <laughs> like... <laughs> That's were. a good joke. Anna, you made a joke. I made a joke. And you didn't have any wine. Thanks for listening. This has been Freudian Sips. That's it. We and told, we told it one joke. That's our show. <laughs> oh, you're so cute. I can be funny. You are funny. You're a funny, funny when girl. I'm sober. I don't need no stinging alcohol to make me funny. Maybe I put something in my tea. So, so the bottom line, the outcome of the study said that, <laughs> and you can kind of relate to this maybe, that there is some enjoyment for some of us to watch a scary movie with our significant other, whomever that is. You know, it's kind of nice to be like, ooh, we're scared together, or ooh, protect me kind of thing. No? Nathan no. doesn't like horror movies, so yeah. I often watch them I was going to say, alone. <laughs> Anna screws this study up totally. But <laughs> Sometimes, like, Nathan will, like, leave town to go visit his family, and I'm like, I get to watch, like, five horror movies in her row. In, in her house by in herself. In my house by myself with my cats very close to That's me. That's very weird. But Thank okay. You. Overall, they reported that men enjoyed the film most when they were in the company of a distressed woman. And they enjoyed it least when they were in the company of what they called a mastering woman. Mastering. Mastering? (laughs) Like she was like 
I'm gonna kick that BDSM ghost stuff. Butt. Yeah, I don't know. I guess she was she was not scared by no ghost. What if they're laughing with the horror movies? Because that's what I do sometimes. <laughs> that would probably be a mastering woman. I'm a master. But women enjoyed that's the. Why I got my masters. <laughs> women enjoyed the movie most in the company of a mastering man. So she's going to be protected by him. Starting to sound a little kinky. And and they enjoyed it least in the company of a distressed man. Ooh, it's scary. What if, I, wish, I wish they had done this with like a dude and his bros. Like, I what will, if, it's a pretty, it's a pretty um, gender norm. Uh, that's study. thank you. That's where I was going. Yeah, a uh, very specific gender specific study, but. But it says that the study was very limited and doesn't explain why some people, it says it right here in the study, it doesn't explain why some people like to just watch it alone. It's it's not the snuggle theory. And when like you watch I said, it alone. when I was in college, I mean, like I watched it with my friend Sean, and there's, I mean, there's nothing. Between, mm. We're not compatible uh, <laughs> in many ways. No offense, Sean. No, not romantically compatible. <laughs> Sean and is like, no offense for you either. No, no offense on either <laughs> on either side. Uh, so, but I mean, there's there was none of that. It was it was very much like. But that was the bros. That was bros. The bros. That was broing out. Yeah. yeah, we were broing out watching horror mm-hmm. movies. So there's one one last little blurb that I want to throw in real quick. I have. Uh, you got a lot more? I have a pretty significant one. Just okay. one, but it's Johnston, 1995. Is that the one you were going to talk nope. about? Oh, gosh. Do you do you know what I'm talking about? No, you, you Oh, tell I'm me. really excited because this is actually the one that I'm most excited to talk about. So this about. will be our, this is our good, this is the da-da-da at the da, end da, of the da, podcast. Because I think it's really okay. encompasses a lot. So it encompasses a lot because she just used her hand motion for encompassing encompasses a lot. A lot. So Thanks. listen up. This it's been is going to be big. It's been a while since we referred to our hand motions. <laughs> so this was looking at motivations for viewing graphic horror, and this is specifically adolescents viewing graphic horror. Okay. I assume that means like slasher flicks? I think that's what graphic horror okay. means, yes. So it says that in this study of like 200 American adolescents, uh, Dr. Johnston, I uh, don't know what her first name is, but she found that there were four different reasons we like watching horror movies. There's gore watching, thrill watching, independent watching, and problem watching. I do have that now that you say it like well, that. Don't, no. I won't ex- say ex- any- Oh my goodness, four. Okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> You're really selling it. Thanks. <laughs> Deidre is her first name, by the way. Thanks, Deirdre Johnson. Before we started recording, we were talking about being in theater. <laughs> Mom's really showing that now. <laughs> oh, tell me about the four. Someone hire my mom for a theater show. <laughs> Please. Get her off this podcast. <laughs> I need a new co-host because my mom's going to be in a theater. So these were examined in relation to personality characteristics like fearfulness, empathy, and sensation seeking, Mm -hmm. all of which we've kind of talked about. Mm -hmm. So here are the four types and kind of how they correlate to those personality traits. Gore watchers, (laughs) I know it's a very intense name, they usually had low empathy, high sensation seeking, and among males, a strong identification with the killer. That's not good. Not good. Hey, <laughs> ladies, if you're, or men, if you are dating a gore watcher, maybe rethink. Keep your guard up. In fairness, I will say that the killer in slasher movies is usually a male. And the, the heroine true. is obviously a female. Because that's the last female standing right. or whatever you right. call her. <laughs> no, yeah, you got it. <laughs> Last female standing. Like, it's a gimmick if if the killer is a lady. Right, like, right. one of the Scream movies, the killer is a spoiler alert if you haven't seen the Scream movies from the 90s. Close your ears if you haven't seen Scream movies. Awesome series, by the way. It's like, a, it, it was a, the big twist was that the killer was a lady. Dun, dun, dun. It, oh, and that's how it was treated. Like, oh my God. So that's Gore Watcher. Thrill Watcher. Because ladies are not killers. <laughs> We're too dainty. <laughs> Unless you have... A mastery, or whatever they call it. <laughs> no, it's a woman of mastery. A woman of mastery. I love that. I'm gonna put that on my business card. <laughs> you might get some weird calls. Okay, so the first one was okay. gore watchers. Gore the second watcher. one is thrill watcher. Thrill watchers. Okay. They have high empathy and sensation seeking, so high on both. Hmm. And they identify more with the victims, and they like the suspense of the film. Okay. Yes. That's what okay. that is. That's suspense. That's yeah. the suspense noise. The third is independent watcher, and they have high empathy for the victim, along with a high positive effect for overcoming fear. Hmm. And then there's problem watcher. This is you. 
I am a problem. High empathy for the victim, but they were characterized by a negative affect, particularly a sense of helplessness, and they often carried with them the negative feelings from the movie afterwards. That's me, all right. That's you. I can't decide if I'm a thrill watcher or an independent watcher, though. I didn't, like I said, I didn't really score super high on sensation seeking, Mm -hmm. so I'm probably more independent where I have high empathy for the victim and a high positive effect for... I think that's you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I am a problem watcher. So I think that's kind of a good overview of mm-hmm. a lot. It, it encompasses a lot of the reasons that people could watch horror movies mm-hmm. and how it kind of relates to who we are as people. And I guess that's how we can tie it back into our self-awareness thing is just like, like mom said, it could be your past. <laughs> like, right, you right. know, if it's kind of a family ritual or anything like that. Or it could be just like, maybe you like being scared. Mm-hmm. Maybe you like the catharsis of it. It doesn't say something about us like we're bad people for watching horror movies, like right. you said. But. but it also doesn't mean you're a bad person if you don't enjoy horror yeah, movies. For sure. I think I, I love that you pulled that around to self-awareness in the end because that I was really thinking of that as I was doing my research that it's just one more time where knowing yourself. And so if you don't like scary movies, don't watch them. Yeah, just don't. Just um, don't do and, it. And don't feel like peer pressured if, you know, the rest of your family is like, oh, it's dumb that you don't like. Well, screw it. Yeah, I don't whatever. like to watch scary movies. So yeah. um, if you if you enjoy them on the other side of that, you know, don't feel like you got something wrong with you because you like scary movies. Because we discovered there are some positive reasons sure. that you might like scary movies. Yeah. So. And if there's ever a right time to watch scary movies, it's October. It's Spooktober, baby. Because it's spooky, spooky If you time. want any more horror movie recommendations, tweet me. Anna's <laughs> got a long tweet list of... Tweet me at uh, Freudian Sips Pod or tweet me at Anagramming. That's my personal Twitter. What is it? Anagramming. But it's A-N-N-A. A-N-N-A-G-R-A-M-M-I-N-G. That's cool. You look very upset by it. <laughs> so I think you're lying to me. No, I'm trying to do it in my brain. Okay. That's just the first time you've shared it on our podcast. That's so true. I'm I'm a it's little linked on our Twitter. I'm a little overwhelmed. Oh, okay. That's what you see on me. I'm, I'm over so, I'm a sober, I'm so overwhelmed person. Soberwhelmed. <laughs> <laughs> I learned something today. You know, as a teacher Oh, as if you're gonna go look up my Twitter. <laughs> yeah. As as a teacher, I tell the kids whenever I'm teaching them, you know, like when they're misbehaving or whatever, and I say things like, I learned something today. You know what you taught me today? And it's something like, you know, I can't give you candy at the beginning of class because yes. you get all freaky and all that. You get all freaky. <laughs> today what I learned is I enjoy doing podcasts much more with a glass of wine than a glass of ice water. We learned something today. We did. <laughs> so uh, next week when we talk about more spooky stuff because Anna loves her spooky, spooky October. So and that's there's, what we're like going Mom with. said, there's a lot of psychology concepts. We we did not have to dig very hard to find mm-hmm. some spooky psychology concepts. That's so right. That's we're gonna right. talk about those. So be self aware of what you enjoy in spookiness and embrace your spookiness side if embrace that's your thing. Your spookiness. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're a non spooky person, embrace that as well. Sure. If you're like, this is all bogus, I hate horror movies, I hate all of this, I hate Halloween, cool. Don't participate. That's yeah. the, it's the wonders of being human. We can choose to Have do things or not do things. pumpkin latte and... Have some pumpkin spice, eat a pumpkin pie, get ready for Thanksgiving. Just enjoy that. Okay. Watch some Christmas movies, whatever makes you happy. Do you. <laughs> can I thank the listeners? Please do. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us on Freudian Sips. And please join us next time when we'll talk about more spooky stuff. Wow, your your thanks get like way longer when you've had a few glasses of wine. I know. <laughs> I love you, man. I know you like get real deep with it. Listen, listen, listen. Bring it no, in close. No. Bring it in close. I, I can love you even without having being intoxicated. Bring it in, bring it in, bring it in. We're going to talk about it. I'll make up for it next week, I promise. Okay. okay. Um, I, think, I think after, if we learned anything from... Our last episode is that there is a we sweet went spot one and- <laughs> that we need to I hit. know. If you're new listeners and you went from last week's spot, If you thinking, started with crap. last week, you're probably not listening to this week. Let's be really on. They're like, Or if you start with this week, you might not idiots. listen again. I don't this know. It's true. I don't know. We just pray that you take an average. Yeah. <laughs> listen to at least 10. Judge us not by but one episode of our podcast. <laughs> That's right. Judge us by many episodes. (laughs) All right. 
That's all. That's all. All right. You can find us on social medias. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I just made such a motion with my arm that I popped my elbow. That's <laughs> I heard it pop. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> I wonder if the recording picked it up. <laughs> Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We are Freudian Sips Pod on everything. Uh, you can go to our site, freudiansipspod.com. If you want to get a hold of us directly, freudiansipspod at gmail.com. Wow, it's like we tried to make everything the same for ease of audience <laughs> participation. So please participate. We are on Patreon if you want to support the show and help me buy more scary Blu-ray discs. Uh, we are Freudian and Sips Pod on there. Please remember to leave us a nice rating and review if you can do that wherever you're listening. And if you do, send us a little screenshot and we will send you a cool little sticker. We're still doing that. Stickers are cool. We're still trying to buy your affection. Mm-hmm. Our theme music is Sweeter Vermouth by Kevin McLeod, and it sounds like this. Mm-hmm.